0: Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Phil, where our goal is to help you live a life of purpose, on purpose. Walking with God sounds easy, but how many of you know it never follows the scripture prepared? In this podcast, Phil shares stories from his personal journey in the hopes that his experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, will help you as you walk with God on your own journey. Grab your coffee and enjoy this practical and personal episode with your podcast host, Phil Strong. Well, g'day and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Coffee with Phil. This is episode 40 of Coffee with Phil. And today I'm asking you, what is faith? And I'm only asking you that because I asked myself that. Uh, but here I am this afternoon, enjoying. You caught me out. I'm not having a coffee at the moment. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying a very nice cup of French Earl Grey tea, which I'm quite partial to in the late afternoon. Uh, but I learned my lesson last time. I sat here in my office in my home studio, and uh, I I just put the the used tea bag. It's a lovely silk tea bag, by the way. It's gorgeous uh, in the way that it it helps the tea. But I put the tea bag in the rubbish bin. And then halfway through recording, I had to go and do something, I think someone knocked at the door, or I had to do something anyway, I came back and the dog had dug out of the rubbish bin, my tea bag, loved the floral scent of it, and destroyed it on the floor of my office. So needless to say, my office got a vacuum that it wasn't expecting by someone that doesn't usually vacuum it. Anyway, uh, what are you doing today to enjoy your coffee or your tea. I hope your day is going well. What I want to do today is I want to talk about faith. Faith is confusing. But I would say that, uh, you know, often we we Christians, we're guilty of saying, well, you know, there's believers and there's unbelievers or non-believers or not yet believers. And uh, that's actually rubbish because everyone has to believe in something. And if you believe in nothing then you're believing that nothing is more important than something so in fact that's your belief system so everyone has a belief system and therefore everyone is putting their faith in what they believe so no such thing as an unbeliever the question is what do you believe in that's the first challenge, and I'm, gonna, I'm hopefully going to help you and me on that in this, uh, in, this, in this podcast, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But the second thing that I would say right at the beginning here is a, is a kind of a, maybe a provocative statement to help you uh, be motivated to listen to this. I would say misdirected faith is never positively helpful. Misdirected faith is never positively helpful, so you better be sure that you're putting your faith in the right kind of belief. And so, here's my purpose today. Where really, why I wanted to dive into this is uh, my whole goal in this podcast and sitting here and sharing stories and thoughts with you is that uh, by sharing my life, I might help you in your life, but not just practically. Most importantly, spiritually. So. My goal here today is to help you unpack your faith in a way that might be new to you. You're listening to this, carrying your beliefs, which are shaped by your past and your experiences, what you've read, what you've seen, what you've understood, and how you've interpreted the world around you. But what I'm learning, folks, is that I need to constantly challenge myself in the way that I interpret the world around me. And and that's the proposition I have for you. So before I before I challenge you too much on that, let me just give you a biblical definition of faith. Uh, being a Bible believing Christian, I put all my confidence in the Bible as the absolute truth. The challenge is how do I interpret that truth? Well, that's that's called the journey of life and the journey of faith. But the definition of faith, according to Scripture, when I asked a whole bunch of people and checked a whole lot of resources, there was one key verse that uh, is, in essence, the definition: faith. Uh, Easy to follow translation of Hebrews chapter eleven verse one says this: Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. Uh, A different translation, the New English translation says, faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. Uh, Just to geek out a little bit on some word and definition stuff here, this being convinced talks about there being proof evidence. And, and what I'd suggest to you in, in unpacking this, I won't go into all the explanation, but let me say it simply this way. The proof is you and your conviction. So what makes it true is your is is the conviction you carry over the absolute essence of your faith. And that's why I'm saying your faith is personal, you've got a conviction in it, and that's what makes it your faith. That's what makes it true in your world. Otherwise, if you didn't think it was true, you wouldn't put your hope and your confidence in it. That's why I say it's so important to understand that misdirected faith is never positively helpful. Let's say I'm balancing on a stool to change a light bulb, and I put all my confidence and my faith in the strength of the stool to hold me while I stretch high to the heavens to change a light bulb if that stool the, the 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 thing I'm standing on is not strong enough to hold my weight or my imbalance then it will fail me and therefore my misdirected confidence in that piece of equipment is not positively helpful so if you're putting your confidence and your faith in the wrong thing then uh, then you will end up uh, hurting yourself in the long run. Christianity is a classic example of faith. and In fact, in most contexts, religion is linked uh, to this concept of faith most strongly. But I, I, I can show you every aspect of your life is a demonstration of your faith and your belief in something. So let's not just limit it to our Talk about religion and spirituality, but, but the Bible tells us, uh, as, as it's written to us as, as believers of Jesus, it says you believe in Jesus even though you do not see him. And the reason that I would say that uh, has become true for me is that I have so much evidence in the story of my life that I have seen the fruit, the fingerprints of Jesus at work in my life. There's nothing that I could find that would explain it, except that the God who loves me intervened in my life in so many practical ways, so many examples, that I've got substance to the hope that Jesus is in fact God and my Saviour. So the fruit of the evidence that I carry is what creates the faith that I direct towards God, because I've got faith in something or someone, and for me, it's faith in God. question is, what are you putting your confidence in? So, so my faith, my trust in God, is the proof that I believe he is real for me and he is real for others and i live my life according to that and then the reality is that as i live my life of faith i reap the fruit from what i put my hope in if i put my hope in solely in medicine and science and and that man can take all responsibility for life there is no sovereign uh, being higher than mankind and mankind's knowledge and history uh, then that's what I'll bear fruit from. But if I choose to put my hope and my confidence and my conviction, my faith in something far greater, in fact, someone, a person, God, the person, if I put my confidence in him, then my long-term expectation is that I will reap fruit from what I put my hope in, being God as a person. Now, I don't want to get into an argument with you about proving, is God true or not, but there's plenty of arguments. Here's one. Look, let me just bend your mind a little bit with this. This argument of causation says this, since everything that begins to exist has a cause, meaning nothing could be in existence unless it first was caused by something, And because the universe began to exist, we know that the universe has a start date, that means something caused the universe to exist. Therefore, the universe itself, everything we know in our world, must have had a cause which was not caused. It's outside itself. And therefore, there is evidence or argument that the initiator of all existence was in fact something sovereign far above Uh, Creation, which we would say is God. Now, if that does doesn't convince you, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just explaining one way we can look at things. If if we then say, let's just look at the world we live in, the planet Earth. Did you know that the thickness of the crust of planet Earth is the perfect thickness to make sure we can exist on Earth without cooking ourselves? If it'd been slightly thicker. Then the metallic elements in the earth itself, in the dirt, would have just sucked the possibility of animal life and killing humans from existence. And if there was if there was less crust, uh, less depth, and more water on the surface of the earth, then plants wouldn't be able to exist because they wouldn't be. Um, uh, Carbon dioxide wouldn't be able to function. So, yeah, all these things are just evidence that God exists. The earth is the right size. If it was any bigger or any smaller, then our relationship to the sun wouldn't create the temperature that we need and the oxygen that we need in order for human beings to exist. Why is it that the planet earth is the only planet that we know that has living life beings and plantation on it? Why? Because God planted the earth in amongst the solar system, in exactly the right place, rotating around the sun at exactly the right uh, speed and angle in order that the earth would have a function with tides and seasons and weather in order to sustain God's creation, which is you and me. The whole purpose of God's creation is that where he would have friendship with mankind who was created in his image. All of these things I choose to put my faith in, my hope in that God is above all and in control of all. And this is how I choose to live my life. I have to have confidence in something because I've proven to myself that I cannot put confidence in my own abilities because I just tend to ruin things or break things or let myself down or let others down. I've got to... Uh, This is going to sound crazy, but I've had to learn to give up the control or the ability that I carry to succeed in order to allow God to define the path of my life, and the ups, the downs, the valleys, the hills, the successes, the victories, the battles, the defeats, the disappointments, the seasons in my life, the losses, the grief I carry, all of these things are outside my control. I remember when my mum died, she was 46 years old and had had cancer at, at an early age uh, You know, after uh, after the kids were raised. So it was just as I left home and she had surgery, she had chemo, she had radiation and she went well. And, and then it came back and it came back in vengeance. And, you know, we could fight it. We could get angry about it. We could um, curse God for allowing these things to happen. But we also have to accept that God carries the ability to miraculously heal, but he also carries the choice in how he applies that. And his choice is greater than our need or our expectation. And so when my mum passed away, my mum was convinced that God could heal her. My mum was convinced that God had the ability to heal her, but she trusted him in whether he was going to do it or not. Now, the rest of the family... Uh, you know, we had all had our own expectations. My dad, you know, he lost the love of his life and his best friend and he was confused and he was lonely and he was just disappointed that it didn't go the way he hoped. My sister lost her best friend and her mentor and the one that was guiding her through life and she was angry because it didn't go the way she wanted to. My brother, um, you know, still finding himself in life as a young Uh, I think he was 18 or 19, and he's like, what is going on in my world? And I, I don't have mum to be part of my future and my marriage and my children and all these things, we're wrestling with it because we've got a perspective on what we think God should be doing. And we carry those expectations, and when God doesn't do what we want, we say, well, he's wrong and we're right, so God let us down, or our faith wasn't big enough, or our faith wasn't strong enough, or we had sin in our life. And all of those things are not true when you compare them to the goodness of God and the nature of God, but also just accepting that God is sovereign, meaning he's far above our circumstances, and regardless of how he chooses to do things in the season of our life, it doesn't change who he is. His nature is the same. His love is the same. You know, Nothing could either separate us from God's love, nor the height nor depth or demons or principalities or sickness or death or failure or financial ruin. None of these things change who God is. And that, my friends, leads me to another thought that I really want to share with you today. So one of the things that I've really had to get my head around in life, and, and repeatedly, I've got to say, I'm a slow learner, a little bit thick, uh, I carry uh, expectations and Filters through which I try and put God through a filter, and uh, it's just never going to work out for me. But one of the things that um, is a phrase that I've had to carry in my life is I've got to define my faith in who God is, not what He does for me, and and this is the essence of faith. When I say what is faith, it's my unwavering dedication to the belief that God is. Good, not God is my servant, and Abraham, the fa- He's called the father of our faith for a reason. for For thousands of years, for three or four thousand years, we have we believers in, in God, those who have faith in God, would declare that Abraham is the father of our faith, and it reports that in the Bible and in many different examples. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of them today. But um, in in Romans chapter four. I think I want to start there, uh, you know, we're, we're the, the writer of the book of Romans, Paul, he's talking about faith, and he's giving an example, and he's speaking of, of uh, Abraham, and he says, no unbelief made him, Abraham, waver concerning the promise of God, but he, Abraham, grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. This is really convicting me, the scripture. It then says, he's fully convinced, Abraham is fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So for those of you who like reading the Bible, I would like you to go and find that. It's in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20 and 21. Let me just say this. There was a struggle in Abraham's journey, but it says, then no unbelief made him waver. No unbelief. So what does that mean? Unbelief came. He was doubting himself, he was doubting God, he wasn't sure he was never he was never quite sure how this was going to work out the way God said. But we know the Bible also says that Abraham believed God and it counted Abraham as righteous or right standing before God. so it was his belief of God that made him stand before God in such a way, which is is all we need to do, right? We need to believe God. But we need to accept that wavering comes, unbelief comes, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. So, so for me, what I've had to go, and I've say this to you all the time, when I'm wavering, when I'm doubting, when I'm, when I'm wrestling with unbelief regarding something, I just need to say to myself, what do I know God said to me? which is the promise of God. So, so if I'm wavering, if I've got unbelief, I'm like, okay, stop, Phil, you need to stop. need you turn around and say, what was the last thing I know God said to me around this situation or in this matter? What's the promise of God? What's the word of God that I hold on to? And, and, and then that's what I've got to hang myself on. But understand this, understand this. Look, the next part says this. Um, This is really unpacking for me even as I'm recording this, so uh, I'm having a great time, I hope you are, but this is speaking to me, so I hope it speaks to you. Abraham grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. That's the middle part of that sentence. He grew strong in his faith, which means you can believe more and more and more, you can be more and more convinced, you can have more and more strength in the confidence that you put in what God said he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So he's like, guys, look up hands off. It's not me. It's all God. God will do what God has said. Glory to God means we're not working it out ourselves. We're not doing it by our own strength. And look, I kind of want to get into the story of uh, Abraham and uh, his wife's servant and Ishmael and all those sorts of things. You, you, you've had enough sermons on that, or you can read that story uh, beginning at uh, Genesis chapter 16. But I want to say this: He grew strong in his faith, meaning you can I, I, I can make my faith stronger, oh my gosh, as he gave glory to God, as he was convinced that God was doing it. And then the third part of the sentence is this, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Now, this is the clincher for me, and this is why I say my second point to you, which I will repeat, it's about having faith in who God is. Not what God does for you. So here, he's fully convinced that God was able to do what he has promised. And and that was where my mum was when she passed away. She, I remember mum was lying in her bed upstairs. They lived in Mount Monganui. She was crooked. She was sick. She couldn't get out. She was, it was the basically the cancer was was eating up her brain. She and I remember lying on the floor, looking up at her. So she was lying horizontal. I was also lying horizontal, but I was below the bed, so she was lying with her head on the pillow looking down at me. I just remember looking into her eyes, and I don't remember the conversation, but I remember the feeling I have right now is the feeling I had then, that mum was fully convinced that God was able to heal her, but she had given him the power or the right or the the authority, she she trusted his authority to choose what he did and, and I would say my argument, this is not a cop out, my mum is free of cancer, my mum is fully healed, she's dancing with Jesus in heaven because she looked at him as her saviour, not what she wanted it to look like and so I'm wrestling with this right now, I've got a challenge where I'm like man, this life not going, it's not going for me the way I thought it would and I go okay, well what's the last thing I believe God said, I believe God said this will be a journey of faith I need you to trust me. And I go, okay. And then Kathy and I were driving around on the weekend, we we're talking about this. And I was just even this afternoon, actually. And I said to her, you know, what I've realized is that faith is not about the outcome, it's just about the faith. So if the purpose, when God said to me, this will be a journey of faith for you, what God is most concerned about is me having faith, not about me reaching an outcome that I might desire or hope to see. And so. Here am I thinking, what is my choice when I face, you know, what, what, what choice do I face when the answer I hope for does not manifest before me? What choice do I have? Do I doubt God? Do I question God? Do I say he's not capable? Do I say that I'm not good enough? When my expectation is not being met by the, by the evidence of the reality that's before me, uh, that That is not faith That is not a conviction God is able to do what he's promised That doesn't shake me And if my reality is not An evidence of that answer Then that's on God not me And 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 he's Able to choose and I give him The power and the right to choose And I yield to his choice I'm not demanding that he do what I want Because I think he knows better than I do And so We've got to have faith in who God is, not what he does for us. And and I'm wrestling with us, and uh, I hope my wrestle and my testimony helps you as you wrestle, because I'm sure there's stuff out there that you're believing for that you're not yet seeing. And I want you to know that God is above your circumstance, and he's better than your outcomes, and he loves you no matter what your life looks like. My final thought, and I'm not going to unpack this for too long, but I would say this, my third point, is it's not faith by effort but it does include partnership. So faith is a gift from God. We know that it says it in the Bible. Faith only comes to us because God gives us the gift of faith. You can't conjure up faith. You can't be good enough to have faith. You don't need to earn credits with God. You just need to believe him. And that's it. That's all it is. Um, You know, we've got people running around thinking they've got to fix things, they've got to do things, they've got to say prayers in the right way, and if they don't say prayers in the right way, God can't move. It's absolute rubbish. God moves even when we don't pray. God moves because because he's working in our lives. But I would say this, so it's not faith by your effort, but it does include your partnership because it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, impossible for us to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe he exists, and he rewards those who seek after him. And so in this, I'm, I'm wondering what, what my journey looks like. I'm thinking, well, do I have to do more to get what I want or what I expect to be the outcome? Or do I do less? Do I lean back into my confidence that God loves me, he's good all the time, and he knows better than I do, what the pathway should be for me, so do I do more or do I do less? And i, I got to tell you, friends, at this stage of my journey, I'm, I'm thinking less is better than more, and trust looks like God working sovereignly, uh, so he gets the glory and the credit, not me. And uh, so, so it's not faith by your efforts, but it does include your partnership. It means reaching out your hand to God and saying, God, You're bigger than me, you're bigger than my circumstances and I want you to, I just hand over to you all my expectations, all my imaginations, all my hopes, all my dreams and all my preferences for what this would look like. I just give it to you and I trust you and I stand on the word of God, which is the promise of God that you are faithful, everlasting. And I rebuke any lie that would say otherwise in my life. And so I, I want to kind of leave that there and, and I, I suppose I'm I'm leaving with a question to ponder and I'm leaving you with the same question is, um, what am I putting my faith in or who am I putting my faith in? Because if you're putting your faith in the what, you know, this is what I said to myself last night. I said, if you're putting your faith into what you see, then your faith is not in God. It's in the idol or the hope that you have, the outcome you want. And that's idolatry. And I've got to repent of that. I've got to put idolatry aside. I've got to bow before God and yield to Him, saying, I'd rather put my faith in who God is a loving Father who surrounds me with His grace and His goodness, His love and His kindness, which is often demonstrated through other people. And I trust Him in that. And uh, outcomes be outcomes, but I, I put my hope in Him. And so, my challenge to you is what are you putting your faith in or who are you putting your faith in? And uh, faith is a journey and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, but it's, it's not going the way I planned. But that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. So I really want to leave this with you. I want to um, just bless you in the name of Yeshua, uh, the God who saves us. And, and uh, if you don't have a personal relationship with God at this stage in your journey, by the time you've listened to this podcast, I would hope that you would be searching for ways to find a doorway that you can walk through that would help you to have a relationship with God. Because Jesus wants to be your friend. And if I can help you with that, then reach out to me, find me on whatever channel you found this through. You'll be able to find your way back to pull the thread, follow it back, and you'll find me, and I'd love to have a coffee with you and talk about it some more. But in the meantime, enjoy your journey of faith. God is good, always good, and may you see his goodness around you every day. May God richly bless you as you discover more about who he is and who you are in partnership with him. Take care, and I look forward to catching up with you on this channel sometime soon.